Hi there, and welcome back to iStatement. I'm your host, Angela, and I'm here to talk to you today about a few different things that have been weighing on my mind. But first and foremost, I want to thank each and every single one of my listeners for all of your love and support in my first episode and for my trailer. I really couldn't have asked for a better group of people to support me and uplift me during this time. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening, and I can't wait to talk with you all today. I hope everyone who's tuning in and listening is doing well. I know I am doing pretty okay. Uh, It's August. It's one of those transitional months during the year for many of us where we're getting ready to go back to our studies. We may be getting ready to start a new position. We're getting ready to see people who we haven't seen for a while, at least as a college student. That's something that I am about to encounter. And this feels like a pretty good month. So far, it's gone by pretty fast. I We're already done with the first week. My job ended last week. I got to say goodbye to my kiddos. I am ready to welcome in a season of orientation at college to do some training, study for my praxis, do some online work. It's going to be a good three weeks left for the month, and I hope everyone has had a really wonderful month so far and that the weeks ahead are just as promising for you as I think that they're going to be for me. Some intentions I've had for this month. Wow. It has been a pretty tumultuous month, I'll be honest. Although it's been really great, and I've said that already, there's been a lot of change. Uh, And I think that it's always a good thing to welcome change, but that doesn't mean it can't be scary, and that doesn't mean that it can't be something you're fearful of. Uh, Some intentions I had for this month, uh, the big one, honestly, has been this podcast, has been finally finding the time to record episodes, put it out there into the world, get over myself, and just remember that, hey, I can do whatever I want to do, and this podcast is going to be something that the right people will appreciate, and I'll feel so much better once it's just out there for everyone's ears to listen to. And I was right about that. I'm so glad it's out there, and I'm so glad that I have it now to keep building upon. But it was scary. (laughs) I'll be honest. I was pretty nervous to launch it uh, last Monday, and I'm so glad I've overcome that hurdle and jumped that hurdle. But it was definitely something that was hard for me to do. So thank you again for all of your support so far, and I can't wait to keep continuing, to keep talking, to bring people on when it's safe to do so. Uh, it's, it's going to be really great, and I have some really great intentions for this podcast. Another thing that I've tried to acknowledge this month and practice is to not hope for things. And I know that sounds really negative and really blunt. However, what I mean by that is I found that when I just hope for X, Y, and Z, I become extremely disappointed when X, Y, and Z evidently do not happen. I find that when I hope for things in a way that makes them the end-all be-all or the best thing that could happen in a situation, I become so wrapped up in those thoughts and so wrapped up in these final outcomes that it's so hard to focus on what's actually happening around me and the reality I'm living in. So let's say for example, you know, friends are moving back up to Burlington where I'm at, And they're coming back for school, they're working on moving into their new places, whether those are on campus or off campus, what have it. And I've kind of had it set in my mind, you know, oh, they're coming up here, I get to see them. But that is not the case. (laughs) 
when they come up here, a lot of them have to quarantine and have to practice safe social distancing measures in order to make sure that our community up here stays safe, especially when they're integrated back into it. And I have to remember that because I've had this, you know, thought in my head, oh my goodness, okay, mid-August, I get to see my friends again, like from the get-go. That's not the case. And, you know, I kept hoping for that. And that was all that I was focusing on. But then that made me forget the reality of, you know, the situation that we're in and that we can't just arrive in a new place and go about our daily lives. No, we have to be safe. We have to quarantine. If we don't want to quarantine, we have to get a test after seven days confirming whether or not we can safely go back out into the world again. And I really hope from the bottom of my heart that all of my friends practice those measures, that everyone stays safe and does responsible things. Please, 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 I'm putting it out there. Please be safe. Please remember the communities that you're entering and the ones that are already relatively healthy and hopeful as it is. Please come in safely. Do your part to maintain a healthy environment for everyone that's already here and the new folks who are coming in. I beg you (laughs) to please do that because we've been doing pretty darn good up here in Burlington and I would hate to see it go south because so many new faces are coming back. Uh, Speaking of which, I was at the gym the other day and I ran into a friend and we were talking about, you know, pleasantries, how's your internship, oh it's great, you know, how's the apartment, oh it's wonderful. And he was, you know, adamant about no parties this fall, no gatherings, nothing, hopefully maybe in the spring. And I was so happy to hear that from a fellow college student because as we've likely been seeing in the news and on social media, the amount of people who are going out, partying, ignoring basic safety and kind of community guidelines at this point have really made it detrimental for a lot of us to go out and to to continue living our lives. And I really hope that the Burlington community, a more progressive and informed community I'd like to think, will be safe about those practices. So I'm watching you all this fall. (laughs) Don't make me have a bone to pick with you because you're going out and being unsafe, okay? We have to hold each other accountable. We have to be vigilant and rigorous about these measures. And although it sucks, I mean, it really does, and I don't want my last year of undergrad to be this way, but... It's what has to happen for us to maybe regain some normalcy in the future, and I really hope we can all kind of agree and be on the same page about that. I I really hope so. So kind of going along with that, some of you may know, some of you may not know, I am an early childhood and elementary education major, and I've been teaching now for about three years in a variety of settings in a preschool in after-school settings, uh, volunteer work, and through student teaching placements and mentorships. And schools are reopening. They are. And that puts me in an odd place. Because here's the situation that I'm trying to analyze and figure out. So schools are reopening. And at least in my greater Burlington community, That looks like schools delaying opening by two weeks, and Monday, Tuesday, half of the students will be in class in person. Wednesday, schools will close to fully disinfect, and then Thursday, Friday, those students who were online off campus on Monday, Tuesday, will be in person Thursday, Friday. So it's a flip-flop between groups of students every every, um, few days. 
This sounds okay in theory, not going to beat around the bush. I don't know how comfortable I feel with it and how great of a job it does at really truly separating students and making sure communities stay safe and healthy. As an educator, I can fully affirm that we as teachers, we want to be back in the schools. I promise you. I've heard and I've gotten so much lip from people saying that, oh, teachers just don't want to go back and do their jobs. Let me tell you, 99.9% of teachers want to go back and do their jobs because we do not do it for the paycheck. <laughs> if we did it for the paycheck, we'd have to be downright stupid because we do not make what we deserve. The reason teachers are teachers, and I hope I can speak on behalf of most of us, 99.9% .9 of us, because there's always that other percent that brings down the profession for the rest of us, we do it for our students. We are there for our students. They are the center of our careers and our ambitions. And every move we make, everything we do is for their best interests. I'll give an example from my own life. I right now have been working in a preschool. We have had decreased enrollment just given the circumstances and parents being concerned for the health and safety of not only their children, but for their families and for their greater communities and not jeopardizing their own careers because their jobs often are very strict and vigilant about their practices outside of work as they should be. At this preschool, we have very rigid protocols about monitoring temperatures when children come in, making sure that they are feeling well to the best of parents' knowledge, making sure that if they were gone for a week that they get tested uh, for COVID before returning back to school. And all these practices are great, but we as teachers have to do our part as well. I could, you know, every night after work be going and seeing some friends. I could easily be going and eating outside at the restaurants on Church Street and having a grand old time, but I'm not. I'm not doing those things. I am not putting myself around more people than I already have to be around in order to protect my students, in order to have their best interests at heart, in order to keep them and their families safe because I do not want to be, and this is not from a selfish standpoint, but I do not want to be that person who infects a student, who causes the spread of something that is serious around my school community. I can't even imagine that. And I don't want to imagine that. And I have tried to be so careful and so vigilant and so cautious in my own life. The only thing I do for my own health is I go to the gym. And that is something that I even toyed with back when I started working at this preschool. But my gym has been really great about their precautions and making sure that everyone wears masks, even if they're doing cardio. That's a whole tangent. But that's the one thing that I do in order to keep my health in check, because it's something that I need to stay mentally healthy and physically healthy. But I know that there are a lot of people who wear a mask at their job, and the second they leave, their cares go by the wayside. Outside of work, it's like their safe and responsible practices do not matter. And that is so disheartening to see as someone 
who wants to resume normalcy but knows that that is not possible right now and it's not a good idea. Maybe my friends and coworkers and other folks who work out in the field don't have others to protect at home. Maybe they don't have the best interests of their students at heart. But if that's the case, I don't know why they're in the profession in the first place and they should just not be in it, period, if I have any say in the matter. But here's my predicament for this fall is, you know, I am supposed to have a once a week placement in a school. And this is supposed to make me comfortable and get me situated in the class that I will student teach in in the spring. Now, this is, of course, something that I want more than anything. All of me wants to get to know my students and to get to know my mentor teacher and get acclimated to the new classroom environment that I'm going to have to integrate into and make myself a part of. But I know that as a responsible college student who is going to be around other people that I don't feel comfortable putting myself once a week around 20 students in my classroom alone, not including other classrooms in the school, and adults, when I am having classes that are somewhat in person, when I have to go out into the community to work. I don't know how I feel about exposing students and how I feel about putting myself willingly in a position that could harm others. And maybe you're questioning if I'm just being selective, if I'm being ignorant in a sense because I'm kind of choosing this one area of my life to be the most responsible about. But I don't want to think that's the case because I know that for my best learning experience, I am going to take advantage of the classes that I have in person. I know that they're going to be conducted in a way that meets guidelines. And if I go the first time and I don't feel safe, I don't have to go again. I can participate from home. I can take the steps that I need to make sure that I am safe and healthy and that I get the best learning experience. I will have to go out into the community in some form or another to work. I cannot go a whole semester without an income. I know that I need a way, I need to make a living in order to survive and remain afloat. Not only as a student and a person, but as someone who pays their way and needs to make that money in order to afford the things that I need, in order to pay for my groceries, in order to pay for my utilities, in order to pay my phone bill, in order to afford a microphone to record this podcast, I need to make an income. And so I can't really choose for that. I can't really make a choice for myself and say, you know what, I need to be safe and healthy. Unfortunately, in that circumstance, some sort of monetary gain has to come first for me. And I know that's not the case for everyone, and you are quite lucky if that isn't, and I wish that was my position. But for this, I don't really have a choice. But I do have a conscious choice about putting myself in a school system where I could potentially infect others, where I can expose young children and thus their families to the burdens of this pandemic. And I don't want to do that. I need to remain, I need to hold myself accountable and responsible for not 
putting children's lives and the lives of their families in jeopardy. I cannot do that. And I've been trying to toy with my, you know, toy with these emotions and think about this. At what point does my education stand on a higher pedestal than the lives of others? And I remind myself that that is never the case. Absolutely not. As a teacher, as a current educator, as a future licensed certified teacher, I cannot and will not be putting myself in the classroom this fall. Just knowing that as someone who has to work outside of the classroom, as someone who's going to be around college students whose, whose practices I'm not familiar with and whose practices I may not be that comfortable with, I cannot put myself around students whose best interests I'm going to have at heart. And that is hard. That's, that's been a very hard decision to make for myself, predating even getting into the classroom, period. I don't want to seem like I'm backing out or not being brave in this situation because there's nothing brave about putting yourself before others. There is nothing brave about being individualistic instead of collective. There's nothing brave about that. There's nothing righteous or other or better. I, I have such a hard time comprehending the motives and the reasoning behind a lot of choices that people are making right now. It's, it's ableist and it's hard to see and I don't like it. And quite simply put, I will not be putting myself in a classroom this fall because I do not want to jeopardize the students and teachers and faculty around me. That is that on that. In my first episode of I Statement, I mentioned, or rather, I made an I Statement where I stated that I am not going to apologize for taking up space. This statement is something that I've resonated with a lot for the past couple of months, and I think the reason is because it's kind of taken on a new meaning for me, whereas pre-COVID, pre-quarantine, pre-having, you know, life as it was, I think about, I would think about taking, taking up space as being overly present and overabundant in a group setting, for example, or just being too much. And I've kind of reworked this definition in my brain to think of it as taking up space in my own personal life. And just being by myself so much has made me realize that I am not going to apologize for taking up space in my own life. And that's kind of led into me remembering that I have to take time for myself and hold myself accountable for respecting my limits and my boundaries and ensuring that I am putting my best foot forward and my best self into the world because that's what's needed right now. And I can't do that unless I take up the space and the time in my life to dedicate certain practices to bettering myself and being on top of my game. This has led to me becoming more comfortable with myself and really discovering those things that genuinely make me happy when no one else is around. Those practices that I can almost rely on to bring me peace and even bring me joy during these really uncertain times. So I've dedicated a lot of time to self-care, and 
I really dislike admitting that I need help or that I need a minute or I need some time to decompress and breathe, but has it been so rewarding to really tap into what my body is telling me it needs and what things I can be doing to really honor what my body, what my mind, what everything is just telling me. I know that seems so surface and so maybe not that difficult, but for me as someone who is super busy and has a lot of intentions and commitments and motivations and just wanting to do so many things at once, it's been really nice to slow down a little bit and be okay with that. So I was asked about my self-care routine and what that looks like. And I'll be honest, it is very inconsistent. It is very, it's, it's variable. It's honestly very variable because every day is something different. Every day is pretty new and has a new set of challenges and things to look forward to. So my self-care routine definitely adjusts and adapts day to day. Um, but a few things that I have been doing pretty point blankly is just making time for myself. Uh, and ways that I do this are just about every day. <laughs> this is kind of sounds boring and maybe a little bit lame even, but I love it and I enjoy it so much. Something that I do to make time for myself is I will dedicate about an hour to an hour and a half every day to just taking a walk, not even a run, not even like anything with purpose, just a walk. And I've developed a route around Burlington that I really, really enjoy. I walk up by my campus and I walk on the streets behind it, which are very residential and super quiet. And I go for about an hour walk just around town and I'll listen to Crime Junkie or I'll put on my Discover Weekly and really take time to breathe and decompress because it's honestly probably the only time of my day where I'm not thinking about something that I have to do or it doesn't have any intention or purpose. It's just simply taking a walk. And that for me feels really good. I'm not in a rush. I'm not on a time crunch. I am just taking the time to get my body up, get it moving, get it outside. And that feels really good. That's been a consistent part of my self-care routine. That's been pretty unchanging for the last few months. Some things that I've also been doing are going back to the gym. And this was something that was honestly quite hard. <laughs> I came home from Spain mid-March and of course couldn't go to the gym, wasn't going to the gym, had no access to a facility. And I spent three months up until mid-June not lifting, not exercising like I was. I was running a lot, but that was doing probably more harm than it was good to my body and just to my mind in general. So I went back to the gym. I went back to my local Y in Burlington, and it has been one of the best things I could have done during this time of not really having my circle around, my friends around, things to do responsibly that I would normally be able to do. Going to back to the gym has been tremendous in helping me feel like things are sort of normal, I can maintain a schedule and a routine this way, and I can really work hard to get my body back to where it was pre-COVID. Even when I was abroad, I joined a gym because I knew that in order to stay mentally healthy and just mentally sound and good about myself, I was going to have to join a gym and no one would probably think about that when they're abroad, but here I am. I am the example for that. 
But going back to the gym has been a huge part of my self-care routine, and I am really glad that the Y here is doing everything that it can to keep members safe, to ensure that everyone distances properly in the gym, to make sure that we are being as safe as possible while also still being able to work out. And I know that, you know, this isn't just my sentiment. I'm seeing so many regulars at the Y and I can just imagine how nice it's feeling for everyone else as well to get back to a routine and get back to doing something almost productive with their bodies. And yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to be back at the gym. Another thing that I guess is part of my self-care routine and it kind of comes and goes and it's really dependent on not only what I'm up to but what my friends are up to is just making sure I stay connected with my friends. It's very easy for me to just kind of, you know, if, if I'm not talking to someone or I'm not seeing them like I used to, it's easy, I think, probably as it is for quite a few other people to just let the connections fade to let the relationship kind of go by the wayside and not really maintain the connectedness that you may have had before. So I've been doing my best to talk with friends even though I don't feel very fulfilled by (laughs) a FaceTime call or a phone call or what have you, but I've been doing my best to really cherish those moments and remember that these conversations with my friends is really important for not only me and not only my health, but how I'm going to be presenting myself into the world, what I'm going to be able to offer to others. Because when I'm happy and when I'm connected with people and when I'm maintaining these relationships that really uplift me and bring me up, I can be the best version of myself out in the world. It's been it's been tough especially to talk with my friends from Spain. Uh, when they listen, they'll they'll know because it's taken us a few months to really find a time to sit down and have a conversation with each other but I am so glad we did. And, you know, those good friendships, it kind of feels like you didn't really miss a beat. You kind of pick up right where you left off. And that's been really great. And I've loved that a lot. I hope that was a good idea of what a self-care routine for me kind of looks like. I know it's not like a face mask every night at 8pm or a morning smoothie at 9am or very planned activities that kind of fit in a box or things like that. I'm just not that kind of person. I do like consistency, but lately every day has kind of been a little bit different and self-care has looked a lot like tapping into what I'm feeling and adjusting my days around how I am behaving and feeling on that given day. And I think a lot of self-care can tie into how it helps people stay motivated and continue to the next day doing these practices is for the betterment of ourselves and for our performance basically just kind of as people and whatever that looks like and so in staying motivated during this time that has been a challenge that has been probably harder than like making sure i take time for myself staying motivated i am already pretty self-motivated and intrinsically driven however Without the natural and external factors that I'm used to, I guess, they're not even natural, just what I've been accustomed to, you know, pushing me forward and without people physically being there to kind of give me like a pat on my back or a high five or a, yeah, you're doing such a great job. It's been tough. It's been weird uh, to motivate just kind of by myself in my apartment, in my room, you know, making sure I'm 
being productive and I felt this constant pressure almost to be as productive as I can be because oh it's like I have all this time and all this space and all of this opportunity almost to make something of myself. It's really funny to me because I just keep thinking of this post that my mom sent me back in March. It was March 18th she sent me this and it says, Cambridge University closed for the plague in 1665. Isaac Newton, studying at home, developed calculus, optics, and the law of gravity. What will you do? And that is just, I can't even vouch that like all that's true, but it sat with me and made me think a lot and not that, you know, that soul post kind of has made me think like, oh, I need to be doing something all the time. I really need to be putting good work out there and I need to be putting my best foot forward and making sure I have a deliverable that people are going to like and that it's going to be useful. But it's made me think a lot about how a lot of people are probably feeling during this time, like they have to be doing the most. And that just simply is an awful mindset to get into. I think if that's how I was feeling, I would feel so pressured and so responsible, especially if I wasn't able to put something out there or put my best foot forward. And staying motivated during quarantine and this time alone, and although I'm not in quarantine anymore, I'm still trying to be as safe as possible and not go out and put myself and others at risk. It's been important to remember that hopefully, This entire situation is only temporary, that things, if we work together and if we have more of a collective mindset instead of the individualistic one where we've been possessing lately, things can get better. They have the capacity to improve. And I would love to see that through and I would hope that we do everything that we can as a collective, as a whole, to make sure that this situation is only temporary. I wish right now that, you know, the mindset was, this is only temporary, we are going to do everything we can to get back to normal instead of, this is insane, we deserve to get back to normal right now no matter what. There needs to be a flipped mindset and a flipped kind of mantra that's going on right now. And on top of remembering that everything in this situation is hopefully only temporary, I also think very consciously of my goals and that I do have a future that is not what's being given to me right now. It's not defined or put in a box by what's going on right now. I have future goals. I have things I want to do. You know, I'm going to graduate next year and I want to travel after that, shortly after that. And I have ideas about applying to grad school and getting into grad school. And just remembering my future goals and big time goals has really helped me to stay motivated, even if I can't do everything right now, which is totally fine, and I've given myself the ability to feel okay with that and to remind myself like, hey, I don't have to be doing anything and everything right now in order to feel fulfilled and sustained. But, you know, having those those goals that give you something to look forward to, that give you something in the future to anticipate, has been really essential for me to stay motivated and to get through these times. As cliche as it sounds, knowing that there's a light on the on the other end of the tunnel has been very comforting, I guess, is the right word to say. I feel comfortable knowing that I do have a future if, you know, I'm safe now and if I remember that I do have that future, I can take the steps to get there at whatever pace I need to. 
So that's mainly how I practice self-care and I stay motivated during this time. I'm wondering how you all are handling it. I know that some of my friends have been handling this time worse than others and it's so hard to see people struggling for reasons even unrelated to all of this but then the situation that we're in kind of compounding all of these all of these struggles and hardships. It's it's really tough and I just hope that in the future we'll have some some brighter days and more lights at the end of the tunnel to get us through. I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode of I Statement. I want to thank all of you for listening and I really hope you enjoyed the topics that I addressed this week. I hope you'll tune in next week because I love to talk and I really hope you love to listen. 